0: Welcome to episode 966 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, as always, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing well, despite I can barely
1: move today. Uh, Jacob and I went for a hike up at the state line. Uh, in between uh, North Carolina and Tennessee, there's an area called Carver's Gap. Uh, it's about 5,500 foot elevation at the parking lot. And then you can go up in between the Rhone Mountains and uh, you get up to like 60 500 feet at one point we did just over eight miles and about two thousand feet of elevation change when it was all said and done because we went up to the left came down went out to the right and i woke up this morning going oh my god i may have to just literally roll out of bed and crawl to the bathroom uh but yeah it was great great weather day because it was in the 60s up there uh and it is not in the 60s down here in charlotte
0: so how about you I'm doing all right. I, I have not really done anything this weekend. We are, we're, we're cleaning up the house. We, we're redoing a refi right now. And so we've got a, uh, uh, an appraiser coming over later this week. So just pretty much oh, oh, clean I
1: meant to ask you, how the Olympics go?
0: Olympics went great. Um, I posted some of the, uh, video onto my, uh, uh, onto my Twitter account. So you can, you can find it there if you want to see me in a very skimpy, uh, um, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, wrestling singlet, um, uh, and I, and I won. I, I I was the the champion of the Olympics uh, because I I do not take it easy on my children. <laughs>
1: hey, how else are they supposed to learn? this?
0: Exactly. Right? So, uh, joining us today is a special guest. We have Tim McCullough. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks it's- for having me. Of course, it's great to have you. Remind everybody where you reach on social media and then talk about what you do in the industry.
2: All right. Uh, I am at, at Tim's Tens with a Z on the end. So T-I-M-T-E-M-Z. Um, and I work for Baseball Prospectus. Uh, and over there, I'm kind of their specialist for relief pitchers. I track relievers and, uh, tr- and uh, maintain their closer grid. Um, And that's that's been kind of my niche over there for the last two and a half years.
0: Nice. And we are going to talk about some closers today because we had some Aroldis Chapman news uh, hit the wire, uh, unfortunately, yesterday. But um, uh, so we'll get your thoughts on who might be closing in New York while he is gone. But first, let's jump in to some uh, uh some news about jonathan scope he signs a two-year extension he's got an opt-out after next season i guess this is the reason why they did not trade him at the trade deadline because i was a little bit surprised that the tigers didn't make any major moves tim what are your thoughts on jonathan scope staying in uh detroit for a couple more years well i i think actually think it would be a great move by the by detroit
2: um Scope is showing some improvement against left-handers the last two seasons. Uh, when he started hitting left-hand pitchers better in 2019, improved a bit more in 2020, and this year he's crushing them. Um, you know, 356, 412, 619 against lefters, left-handed uh, pitchers this year. That's basically what's driving uh, his success this season. I think it was a good move by them. And he's 29, so he's a, kind of a late bloomer. Um, but for two more years, I, I don't think I don't think Detroit's t- taking on much risk here.
0: Jason, what are your thoughts on Scope staying in Detroit?
1: Yeah, I remember Paul being upset on, on trade deadline day. Like, I cannot believe we're holding on to Jonathan Scope. I cannot believe we're holding out Jonathan Scope. I'm sure he's really happy now. Uh, yeah, one of the things what I've always liked about Scope, and he was somebody that I targeted heavily this year, uh, is. Older veteran players in Detroit pretty much are going to play every day until they play their way out of a job. So as long as you're productive and you can do what you need to do, you're going to play. And I always find that you know, uh, CJ Crone's a guy that comes to mind, but he got hurt uh, and that, that was unfortunate for him. But Robbie Grossman, another guy I targeted heavily this year, because again, a veteran dude, he's going to play every day until he plays his way out of a lineup. Uh, and with scope, he's done what he needs to do i mean you look at he's the type of season he's having right now is very close to what he was doing back in baltimore good average compared to the league low obp because he just doesn't accept walks and whatever but he makes a lot of contact and he makes hard contact and the results are showing up this year you know he's got 60 60 runs 64 runs driven in 18 home runs and his adp i want to say he was in the 350s 375 like he's been a tremendous bargain for where you took him in drafts this year. Uh, and the thing is, you know, that, that, that bargain and uh, value is going to go away obviously because he won't come at any, any kind of discount last year. But if you took him this year in a keeper league, you probably didn't even target him as a keeper. And all of a sudden, you are like, Hey, look what I've got. I get to keep this guy and I got him at a good price. So, you know, you get to uh, have that value moving forward, uh, and your in your home league, uh, where, you know, coming at the end, he was just pretty much end-game material. Nobody thought anything of
0: it. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. I mean, this is a guy I targeted as well this year, uh, largely because he's just been kind of a steady Eddie guy. I mean, I I didn't necessarily think we were going to get another level of Jonathan's scope. I just thought, hey, you kind of book him for 260, uh, 20, you know, home runs, uh, you know, and pretty decent counting stats, but... I mean, 18 home runs already in 460 plate appearances, on his way to uh, kind of repeating a little bit of what he did in 2017. And like Tim said, I mean, so much improvement against lefties that uh, that's uh, it's, it's it's really really nice to see that he's kind of making these gains late uh, later in his career. 29 years old, still a pretty good move by uh, um, by the Tigers to lock him up for a couple more years.
1: So I'd add this, and this kind of says where his value was this year in drafts. I took him in the second round of my reserves in my 11-team AL league. So he has a $10 salary because that's how we slot that. But he's a keeper for me, a $10 Mm -hmm. 1st year contract. But he was a second-round reserve pick for me.
0: Yeah, and for a lot of people, he was picked up off of the waiver wire. I mean that's you know if you're playing in ten and twelve team leagues and even some fifteen team leagues because he started off brutally I think we forget oh yeah it was like, awful he was awful to start the season uh, in in the month of the uh, month of um, uh, April hit one ninety eight um, with two home runs in uh, in eighty one played app- or eighty seven plate appearances so, I mean he was brutal most people dropped him uh, and then who the people who picked him back up off the uh, the waiver wire have gotten all the goodness since then, so, uh, just another reminder to, uh, to not overreact sometimes, though, it's, it's hard to determine when you're supposed to, and when you're not, of course, um, let's go ahead and, uh, talk about Aroldis Chapman, who hits the IL with, some, uh with elbow soreness. no structural damage, uh, shown in the MRI, so that's good news, Tim, you are the, uh, the relief pitcher guru over at BP. So who, uh, what are your thoughts on Chapman hitting the IL and who do you think is going to close for the Yankees in the meantime?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, Aaron Boone said he, he they're hopefully he's going to be back off the IL when eligible. So 10 days. Um, but, but for now, I mean, it's, it's basically going to be a committee between Zach Britton, Chad Green, and, um, Jonathan Sega. Um, but, you know, Britain has struggled a bit uh, at the end of July. He's been solid his last three outings, but right-handers have a, a 925 OPS against him. Um, so, I, you know, I can't see him coming in when when the, the lineup is stacked with right-handers. Chad Green has been kind of a mess over his last nine two-third innings. You know, he's allowed, He's got an 838 ERA over that time. He's allowed runs in five of his last nine outings. Um I, I I can't see Boone trusting him much, uh, but he'll bring him in when he needs him. Uh, and then, you know, Jonathan Loisiga just came off the IL um on 725. Uh, I'm sorry, 724. Um, he's been solid against, you know, batters on, on both sides of the, uh, of the plate. And aside from one hiccup against the Red Sox, he's been lights out since coming back off the uh the injury list. I can see it being Loaiza most of the time, uh, and Britain when you know you you've got left-handers coming up uh, in a lineup, and it's probably mainly going to be those two. But I don't I don't really see spending a lot of fab on picking up Loaiza if you can. Uh, you might get a couple of saves over the next ten days, but I, I think Chapman's probably going to come back quickly.
0: Jason, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, I, I would agree with Tim. I believe it is going to be a matchup, <clears throat> pardon me, a matchup situation only because uh, you know if you need to strike out, you want Lalazaga in there. If you want to keep the ball in the ballpark, you want Britain in there. And I, I've been watching a lot of their games uh, of late, uh, and you know Britain, the velocity has not been there for him. But that's not what you want. You still want the ball to sink, and so he hasn't been prime Britain. Uh, and he's not throwing as hard, but you still really don't elevate the ball on Zach Britton. Uh, you know he still he can be he's been a little more prone to walks of late, uh, or at least deeper counts. But he keeps the ball in the ballpark, and as we've seen this weekend with literally two pop ups becoming home runs in that stadium with uh, O'Dor and, and Gallo scraping paint off the uh, the fence on pop ups. Uh, you know that's a skill. Uh, whereas again, if you need strikeout. Well, why is Green can provide that? So I think it will be uh, that type of situation with with Chapman. I guess it's good news. Well, yeah, I guess it is good news that there's no structural damage. But you always think about with injuries with pitchers. Command issues point to the elbow velocity points to shoulder. Um, and again, and watching him pitch. And let's not forget the two triple plays really bailed him out statistically. You know, if that if those go any other direction, his second half numbers could look even worse. Or I think even one of those was before the break. But let's say his summer numbers. All right. Let's say his summer numbers could look worse uh, with that. So that really bailed him out. But he has not been there are times when he's like unhittable. Chapman but it's truly a batter by batter thing with him uh, he could he'll get deep into counts he'll put multiple guys on base um, when I watched his outing the other day he was you know 95 97 and while that works for a lot of guys that's not Chapman so you had to know something was wrong there <clears throat> when he was uh, when he came out not throwing uh, what he normally does but you look at his, his his velocity log by game and you can see things trending down the with that but again That would be that could be more shoulder because that's where the velocity engine comes from and the command is from the elbow. Uh, So maybe just some time off to reset things and maybe it's a good thing for his long term value. And I'm talking about the rest of the season where maybe if it's not minimum 10 days, maybe it's 14, maybe it's 17 and he comes back and can really be a factor uh, in September. Um, but I have not liked what I have seen from him over the last couple of weeks. And it doesn't surprise when I heard he hit the IL, I thought it was COVID again.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, he has not been the elite reliever that we've kind of gotten accustomed to, uh, in New York with Chapman or, or when he was, uh, in, uh, in Cincinnati as well. So. Or Chicago for that matter, I guess too. I always forget that he had that little uh championship run in Chicago. But um yeah, he he isn't been it'd be interesting to see where he goes in drafts next year, because I think there is gonna be a, a lot of people who kind of put a premium on the kind of the upper tier of closers, but I don't know that he is gonna factor into that equation necessarily for me coming into twenty twenty two the way he did in twenty twenty one. He he's been a lot more shaky. You know, you look at you look at the some of the rates. I mean, it, you know, one point three six homer per nine this year, one point five four homer per nine last year, and a sixteen and a half percent walk rate this season. It's just been uh, very uh, unstable skills, uh, and like you said, it, it he really vacillates between you know uh, batter to batter, it, uh, outing to outing. You know, sometimes he looks great, like the old guy, but he's also you know, 33, going to be 34 heading into next season. So uh, I think this is just kind of maybe father time kind of catching up with him a little bit. He's thrown a lot of innings uh, over the course of his career. So, We'll yep yeah, the
1: splitters look good i tell you mm-hmm. that's been the thing the the development the, the the evolution of the splitter last year it was kind of something that he would throw every now and then it's a it's a legit weapon it really helped keeps keeps guys off balance so maybe that's like his pet as the velocity wanes then he starts throwing more and more splitters but i've I've seen him go to the pitch more here of late, but that's been the other thing. It's like he seems to have lost a little bit of faith in his fastball because I'll see him get ahead with the fastball and then go to his secondary pitcher. And we, and we all have that image of him hanging a slider to Altuve or him hanging a slider to this hitter. And, and that, that grin he gets on his face when they beat him on his slider. It's just like I'm, I'm wondering if he falls into that uh, predictability where if you're down on the count, uh, it's you're likely to see the non-fastball uh, more than him just coming out and popping three fastballs by guys, but you know, he's still using it. But I would, I haven't looked at the late numbers, but I just see more and more, you know, just subjectively, um, you know, so I see more and more him utilizing his non-fastball deeper into count. Uh, and those aren't, and if you recognize it early enough, you lay off it. It's not like he can, he doesn't, you uh, you know, the splitter is not a pitch that you throw for strikes. It's a it's a pseudo strike. You want it to look like a strike and fall out of the zone. His slider, for the most part, is not a pitch he throws for strikes. It's something he gets guys to chase on the back foot. He doesn't really backdoor that pitch um, that often. He certainly doesn't drop it in high in the zone like some guys are starting to – I see a lot more uh, happening here of late. Uh, so that's where if you can recognize the pitch and lay off it, hence he's getting into these deep counts, maybe that's what's driving him.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look kind of like the month-to-month, you know, looks of uh, how much he's using his pitches, it's all about in line with what he's been doing all season. You know, uh, fastball percentage, about 68% uh, since uh, the beginning of July, uh, and slider usage about 25-26%, so... Yeah, I don't know that there's been much of a pitch mix different. I mean, obviously, within games, there there uh, are some pretty drastic moves. And as uh, the last three outings prior to uh, going on the IL, the fastball usage went down quite a bit. So maybe that's an indication, especially the last outing was under 50%. So maybe that was an indication of something was, was kind of hurting him a little bit. But it doesn't look like overall his pitch mix has changed uh, very much. Let's uh let's uh move on and uh talk about Luis Robert, who is expected to be back next week. Uh, this is a boon for people who've been stashing him on their IL, or if you were able to pick him up off the IL or off the uh, the waiver wire because people dropped him. Tim, what are your thoughts on Luis Robert coming back? What can we expect from him as a fantasy uh, players?
2: Well, I mean, let's let's start off with the beginning of the season and drafting him. He wasn't somebody I targeted. Uh, I became very disappointed with him last year, with the with the the swoon he went through late in the season, uh, late in the sixty game season. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he had just just had a, such a tough time. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Ramon Laureano. I mean, he crushes left hand pitching, but strikes out a ton uh, against both sides uh, of the plate. Um, I just, he's not somebody I targeted. I I don't have great expectations for him. Uh, when he comes back, he might start off kind of hot. Um, but maybe not. I mean, you, you just don't know. And, and so he wasn't somebody I targeted in drafts at the beginning of the season. Uh, and I have sort of mixed expectations for him for the rest of the season. He could be an impact player, especially with speed. I could pick up some stolen bases uh, for you. I, if he's not swinging for the fences and kind of goes with what what he does best, uh, we could see him hit for a decent average. Or he could be swinging for the fences, strike out a ton, um, maybe give you some power, but not a ton of batting average or on base percentage. You just don't know. He's just kind of a mixed bag for me young players still coming into his power um and and that's the case with him now so I, again i i just have mixed feelings about him for the rest of the fe- for the rest of the season I, I i don't see him making a huge impact
0: except maybe with with stolen bases jason what are your thoughts on robert rest of way
1: so i bought him last week in my uh Online championship league. I think I spent 71 and the runner up spent 57. So I have him. I bought him last week to stash for him coming off the IL this week. He's at Minnesota for three and then at Yankees or no home versus the Yankees, but there's a day off in between. You ever seen something like this? Maybe they add on because they have a game on the 12th. They're off on the 13th and then they play on the 14th and 15th. Strange. Uh, but yeah, so he's got a six game week next week, but with a day off in the, in the, in the front end of a series. Uh, so I, you know, we have, we, we've seen what Aloy Jimenez has, uh, I guess we should say has not done since he's come back, which has hit. I mean, you look at, he has just really been off to a slow start. Uh, and it could be the same thing with Robert. I have seen two of his games, uh, in Charlotte, uh, while he's been on the rehab assignment. Uh, hasn't been the same, uh, La Pantera uh, that we saw uh, into that when he was coming through here uh, in 2019. Uh, but again, he's it, worth the stash for me in that type of league. I don't, you know, I'm looking at what I put him in my lineup this week. It would have to come at the expense of Merrifield, Brantley, Harper, Badu, Betts, uh, or Turner utility. It would honestly come down to a matchup situation if Badu's got a bunch of lefties. Otherwise, I'm fine with keeping uh, Robert on the bench this week.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know that uh, we've seen the exact like timetable on when he's coming back, but I think I probably I thought just... it was Monday. Oh, is it Monday? Ooh. Yeah.
1: That was the that was the early word this week was supposed to be
0: Monday. If it's Monday, I think you roll him out there. Um, I'll be interested to see where he hits in the lineup because I mean he was kind of vacillating I think between like second and seventh. Uh I had Adam- a second in this lineup recently. I'm so sorry. Say it again.
1: <laughs> Adam Engel has hit second in this lineup recently. Anybody could hit second. Yeah. it's just been weird. Uh, La Russa, you know, I, I obviously I, I've said I'm not a fan, uh, but his lineup creation has just been really all over the place.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really understand what he's doing. I don't know if he understands what he's doing either. But like he has a lot more value hitting in the second spot in this lineup as opposed to the seventh spot in the lineup. I, I just don't know if they're gonna. Uh, start him out there I, I think i would probably roll another you've you've held on to him for this long or or just spent you know like I said 76 dollars worth of fab to, to go and pick him up uh in leagues i, I think you gotta roll with him and, and just kind of hope i mean this guy has clear like you know league winning potential uh especially with the speed um the question is does he run like he was running before uh, coming off the injury, and can he keep the strikeouts uh, down enough where he's not going to hurt you too much? So, uh, I think you got to roll with him if you if you if you have him, uh, and hopefully, I, I think it'd be it'd be nice to see him kind of have a nice big uh, August and September, even though he's not on any of my fantasy teams. Because like Tim, I was kind of avoiding him coming into the season. I yeah. thought the price was just way too high.
1: Agreed. I avoided him myself, uh, but I didn't avoid him, and I, I took the shot. at Fab. I was like, I'm not going to blow the entire budget, but let me put a decent number out there and see what happens. And I ended up winning. I th- and well, I think you...
0: that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, that's you know that that's just added value that you didn't have to pay at the draft table. I, I was avoiding the draft table, but I, I I wish I had targeted him more in Fab.
2: Where you said yeah, if you need if you if you need to stolen bases, it, it's definitely worth the shot. Mm-hmm. On, in Fab. I mean, even if you just keep him on the bench and see what he, he does in the first week or two,
0: yeah, I, I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, he he could, you know, he could have one of those Garrett Hampson, Mondesi kind of ends to a season uh, that really changes the standings in a lot of leagues, especially in that stolen base department. A uh, little bit of uh, news early this morning: uh, uh, Anthony Rizzo is on the COVID uh, nineteen IL. He's going to miss 10 days because he was not vaccinated. Um, obviously, you're holding on to him. This is kind of a bummer. Uh, Tim, do you have any thoughts? Or, uh, I mean, is this is kind of a bummer because I, I, there's no one's dropping Rizzo, especially with how well he's played since he got in New York.
2: Yeah. I've got Rizzo everywhere <laughs> in just about every league because he was, he was such a, a bargain. I thought, um, in in drafts at the, at the beginning of the season, he was just, he was so cheap. You had to go for it. Um, and, and he's been a pretty good player for me. Uh, not, not great, but not bad at all. You know, not what you really want from a first baseman, um, but good enough, uh, to hold the spot. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that uh, I've lost him in just about every league now. Um, and he's a tough guy to replace, um, um, but there are, you know, one or two guys out there that might be helpful. Uh, I guess we'll be talking about them later. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm, really disappointed, but hopefully it'll only be a 10-day, you know, 15-day stay. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have full COVID. Uh, maybe he has mild symptoms. Who knows? Um, I, I can't understand why he wasn't vaccinated. I don't get it with the baseball players especially since they're in big groups all the time. I, I just can't understand why they don't get vaccinated, And I, I, especially a guy like Rizzo.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's just disappointing that, that this is going to, you know, kind of derail what was a, a nice little start to his Yankee career. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on uh, Rizzo being out for at least 10 days with, with COVID?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me it's weird – we talked about this a little bit off air for a guy that has survived cancer and had a bunch of chemo pumped in him. Why the decision to get vaccinated has uh, uh, so far not happened uh, for him, at least publicly. Maybe he did it uh, and didn't say anything, but early on he was one of the guys that was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it, Uh, you know, dancing all over the subject. So that was a little bit of that Yankee clubhouse. I mean, what is this like the fifth, sixth guy in the last, since the all-star break judge, Igashioka, Cole, Mm-hmm. Montgomery, you know, I feel like I'm missing a couple of people, but it's just Urshela, been... I
0: think, uh, too. Oh, that was
1: earlier. They had an earlier wow. breakout. It's like this is the second round of breakout within the last six weeks. Uh, you know, maybe they should go in there and just fumigate the entire thing, but yeah, the, it's one, well, of, the teams one doesn't of the that They were one of the go teams
0: ahead. that were above the 85% threshold, too.
1: They got there. I didn't know they got there. I, I think they were think... one
0: of yeah. They were one of the teams that got above it. Oh. So the fact that oh. they've still had the breakouts has been you know... well
1: that. And I think the entire team went the Johnson and Johnson route above the three vac- yeah. mm-hmm. vaccinations. It has the lowest um uh, uh lowest of the normal and uh, uh the Delta variant as well. So you they have an increased chance of at least catching it. Now obviously having the vaccination reduces the symptoms that you would have. But at the that's, that's been the issue. is like they've had a, a big rash of this lately. And you can start, we have other teams that aren't at the 85% threshold. And as things, uh, you know, you look at, I think, yesterday as a nation, we were back over the 100,000 number of cases for the first time in a while. And, you know, we're, we're, we're pointing in a bad direction again uh, with things. Uh, and so with the unvaccinated population uh, uh, of the baseball players, you know, th- to me, it's like some of these other guys got it uh, or you get close contact, but we have somebody con- that we assume is confirmed unvaccinated and has the, you know, has survived cancer. To me, this one, I'm worried as a, you know, if I don't have them in a fantasy league, but I honestly don't care about that right now. Is like, I don't, you know, sometimes things don't change until something bad happens. And you don't want this to be the bad that happens, that somebody who said, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Survive cancer, and then something really unfortunate happens here. That's
0: what I'm hoping we can avoid here. Yeah, me too. This is it. Just it's just a, a a huge bummer. Um, so, like I said, he was playing I, really well. I yeah, mean,
1: it's yeah. The race fan of me should be like, yeah, right, but I'm not. I, I just it, it sucks. I'm just I want this stuff to be over, and I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I just booked all my tickets for uh for F uh, and I'm, yeah, no, no, I'm scared that there isn't going to be an F pass because of everything that's going on. So, uh, yep. still hoping, uh, you know, and I just make sure if you, if you're, if you're booking your stuff for F pass, uh, make sure you get the insurance on it. So that way you can get it refunded if something happens.
1: Well, most of the, most of the airlines will probably do what they did. No change fee. So you may not be able to get it refunded, but you'll be able to use it for something else eventually.
0: Yeah. maybe. So a lot of them are, a lot of them
1: are going that route.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's uh let's talk about some fab. There's some interesting guys this week that uh are gonna be available in fab, including Andres Jimenez, who uh was a you know popular player coming into the season. I was one of the people uh leading that train. He's been called back up by the uh, Cleveland Guardians, uh, and uh, you know he he struggled in his first go around uh with Cleveland, but. He uh, he's been hitting pretty well in Triple A. Ten home runs, eight stolen bases, hit .287 uh, in Triple A so far this year. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on Andres Jimenez? Is he a guy you're targeting this week in FAB?
1: I tried to target him in a trade in the league, and it, and it didn't work. You know the guys like that. And, and thing is, we're talking about a guy who has like a twenty-four dollars salary because somebody got nuts at the end game uh, and was sitting on money. Uh, And still wouldn't trade him. Now, he was, you know, Jimenez was hitting well uh, in in AAA. But one thing that's worth pointing out, this really is more if you're trying to set weekly lineups for daily league, he was not hitting left-handed pitching well. Uh, You look at his split, like he is 317, 385, 593 versus righties. 219, 239, 297 against lefties. Uh, 19 strikeouts and 67 plate appearances. So he's strike, he's striking out more. He barely walks against lefties. So that's something to watch. Uh, if again, if you're setting your lineup and maybe he's got three lefties this week, maybe you sit him on that. So if you're gonna, I would target him because uh, he should be playing every day. Uh, you know, they give up. Uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who by the way, hit his 20th home run last night, probably one of the more improbable 20 home runs, but. Uh, I don't think any of us really saw that coming, uh, but I would like to see this guy play as much as possible because they, they targeted him uh, in the offseason for a reason, but, that lefty-righty split down in AAA uh, is something that we've got to give some credence to because he, he has just not hit lefties. And I would give that comp a little bit to, like, Wander Franco, who finally hit a home run off a, off a righty. And, you know, that's the thing. Wander Franco, for all of the switch-hitting abilities, his swing from the left-hand side is just now starting to come around. The first couple of weeks, it, it, it was like night and day. He was facing a lefty he could hit. If he was facing a righty, uh, really wasn't much happening. Uh, now, you we know, he hit the home run last night off uh, – I forget which, maybe it was uh, Cesar Valdez um, uh, on a hanging change-up, but the swing is starting to look better from the left-hand side, so it, it'll be there for uh, Jimenez. It's just not there right now.
0: Tim, what are your thoughts on Jimenez? Is see a guy you're targeting with? Um,
2: maybe not so much. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Jimenez, you know, coming back and making an impact here at the end of the season. Um, you know, his start, Against AL pitching was was really rough. Uh, now he's going to be coming back from AAA. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did okay in AAA. You know, he had had a pretty good fifty-two games, uh, you know, with the Buffalo Bison's. But I, I just don't see him making a big impact. He's never been a guy who's walked a lot. I mean, his his walk rate uh, over his career is what four point six percent, four point six percent. Um, never really been much over five. Uh, it doesn't strike out a ton. So he makes decent contact, but I, you know, I don't expect a ton from him over the last six, seven weeks of the season. Not somebody I'm going to go after.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that I've stashed here in, in a few leagues. I mean, as I was holding on to him and, uh, <clears throat> held on to him uh, or picked him up in a couple other leagues recently with hope that he could come up. Uh, I I like him as, uh, you know, even in his struggles, he stole four bases uh, in in 29 games. So I think he can be a kind of a a guy that gets you some good stolen base numbers rest the way at worst. Uh, I think there is I think he's he's going to be one of those guys I I target as a bounce back in in uh, 2022. but uh, I don't know what the impact is because I don't really trust Cleveland at this point. And the way Cleveland has run their organization is uh, been just uh, just kind of a little bit befuddling. So I think he will get a fair amount of run, uh, at least on a strong side platoon uh, rest of the way. But it's uh, I really don't know. But what they're doing, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, want to go overboard because I think there are guys uh, who might have a, a larger impact the rest of the way. But Jimenez is a guy I think that I, especially if I needed speed, I would try to target this week. In fab. let's talk about Reed Detmers. Uh, he's joined the rotation now that Andrew Keaney was shipped off uh, to New York. He was really, really good in Double A. Had one start in Triple A. Uh, that was really good before getting called up. Got uh, you know hit around. Uh, A fair amount in his first start, Uh, but he'll be a guy that people are taking a shot on this week. In Fab Tim, are you one of those guys going to take a shot and read Detmers?
2: I I might I might take a small shot at him. Uh, You know, see if I can grab him for you know five six bucks or something like that. Um, My my biggest concern with Detmers though is innings pitched. You know, he's only got sixty four innings just for the season, Um, and you know, I just don't see. I, I, I'm I'm concerned that they're going to baby him, uh, and you know, keep his innings pitched low. Um, they're not going to they're not going to run him up to a hundred over the last six seven weeks. I I don't see them doing that. So he's not going to he's not going to pitch a lot when he does start. I don't see him going more than four or five innings at most um, in any start the rest of the way because they they they're just not going to run up his innings total um you know to to 100 it's just right. not going to happen so i'll i'll go for a couple of bucks uh and maybe hope that he pitches well uh and and maybe pick up a couple of cheap wins but he's not somebody i'm going to target you know for big money
0: Jason what are your thoughts on Detmers
1: yeah i mean there's the one of the things you have to remember is you know, the Angels are using that six-man rotation. So it's, you know, Detmers is pretty much you're going to see him one time every week. Um, and he also falls into that category of pitchers that I'd like to see more on Pitching Ninja than I like to see on my roster. Like his curveball looks really good. Uh, but I have fallen victim to some of these guys before. Like, wow, look at that stuff. And then you look at the the whole body of work, you're like, ew. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to bring up, though, is like his matchup this week is versus the Dodgers. And so, like, in top of your head, you're like, oh, God, Dodgers. But, you know, our our, our friend and listener, Jason Hanselman, has got a piece up at Friends with Fancy Benefits uh, where he does a weekly I've uh, heard that's a good of the site. numbers. i heard it's a really good site. And, by the way, I really love how it checks me when I log in to make sure everything's good uh, for mobile. It's a pretty cool feature, by the way. But one of the things he points out is the Dodgers offense late has been bad. Like, you look at the the, uh, the table over the last couple of weeks, it's like their offense – not. Bad, but like not like it's like, I guess it's bad for the Dodgers, but like their pitching has been absurdly good, but their hitting has just is trending in the wrong direction. Uh, and it's just been maybe a, a, a best case, slightly below average, but it's in, been in this rut. Uh, and so it's like if you if you're in a deep league, uh, like I forget. uh Maybe it's Matthew Davis. Like he always tweets out like the bad start, and I I love that. Like this is a guy that could go either way. It could be like maybe the Dodgers' offense wakes up just like that and picks on on Detmers here, or he takes advantage of an offense that's been in a slump and has a really good game. Uh, So I, 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 you know, I. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to chase here. Like, if you're like, okay, I want some strikeouts, fine. Uh, Maybe they'll get a win. Uh, I don't know. But to me, it's like this is a risk. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. And I I agree with Tim that there's a workload concern going forward. Uh, He may be a guy that I throw a bid in on uh, so nobody else gets him for a buck, but I'm not doing anything aggressive here.
0: Yeah, I kind of tend to agree with you i think he's like you throw in maybe a buck or two but it's just he's not going to volume very much rest of the way which is a bit of a concern I, I like him long term i think he could be a really interesting guy for next season uh but i mean the way the the angels right now are running their kind of six man i mean they even have i think seven men on their rotation according to roster resource um oh because that's because of a doubleheader coming up so um uh, like, it just, he's not going to get enough starts uh rest of the way to make a huge difference, especially if he can't go deep into games in certain ones. So, uh, I don't think he is kind of the top of my list this week in terms of pitchers, but more of kind of a backup bid guy, you know, if, if you miss out on one of the guys you're maybe a little bit more interested in uh, this week, so... Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about one of the guys who might be more interested this week, Carlos Hernandez. Uh, he's got a two start week coming up, uh, and he has been, uh, you know, kind of up and down, but, uh, he's looked, you know, good at times. So Jason, what are your thoughts on Carlos Hernandez this week in fab? Uh,
1: so I took him two weeks ago and then flipped him from James for Jameson Tyum uh, in a league where I'm really, where wins is super tight. Uh, and so I went with a pitcher that I thought would have a better chance at win. I, I traded him after the first start against the White Sox. And then he went out and beat him again. Uh, so he's got you know, his last two starts have come against the White Sox because the Royals are stretching him out. Uh, and he's had two starts against the White Sox. And he's taken the win home in both of them and has allowed one run and struck out 10 in 11 innings uh, with the one run being a solo home run. So he, I mean, he has pitched really well. And I'm very interested in him. Uh, you know, heading into next season, and so uh, I want to see what's here. But you know, I think it's a, it's a five, six innings at the most, depending on how pitch efficiency. It's because he has been a guy that was just working long relief, um, and he throws. He's got good stuff. Eno's written about him, talking about uh, where he comes up with some of his stuff. And so, uh, I, I'm more interested in in Hernandez than
0: I am Detmers. I'll tell you that. Tim, what are your thoughts on Hernandez? I agree
2: I, I'm more I'm more interested in Hernandez as well. Uh, I think I'd like to see more from him uh, but he's somebody I probably would pick up on spec uh, just based on those last two starts his first two uh, this season weren't great didn't go far got hit around quite a bit uh, but the last two were good again against a, a decent offense um, so but he's another guy that I'm concerned about the innings pitched. And how much he's actually going to be used. Uh, you know, already up to 39 innings this season. Uh, and that's his career high since 2018 uh, when he was in A-ball. Um, so, you know, how many innings are they really going to get out of him? Maybe 60, um, if, if that much. And how deep is he going to pitch into games? I know he's gone fairly deep the last two um and picked up the wins in those i think that's worth it for a look because the strikeout rate is there he's been pretty good this season i'm a little concerned about the walks uh, up at 14 percent, especially from a, a guy who was mainly used in long relief uh but I, i'd be willing to go a few bucks on him uh to pick him up and stash him and see what happens
0: yeah my, my biggest concern is the walks because like like you mentioned tim like I, I don't know how many innings they're gonna let him go this season uh and it, if he continues to walk guys at this rate uh he's gonna have a hard time getting deep into uh games now i mean he was he was pretty good in the last two only three walks in 11 innings i mean that's that's something but uh I have a little bit of concern there. That being said, like it seems like the Royals are going to let him go a little bit, so maybe maybe he does get more than sixty or even seventy innings, uh, in total um, at, at the major league level this season. Uh, and one
1: percent owned, one percent owned, yeah, B.C.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's one of the guys. He's going to be really really heavily picked up this week. Um he's I,
1: got uh he's got the Yankees tomorrow cuz they they're also going into a six-man rotation. Heiner, mm-hmm. Keller so that's it. I mean, he's got one start this week against the Yankees uh and I believe that's at Kansas City because the Yankees have got that Field of Dreams thing on Thursday.
0: Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That's coming up. So uh yeah, I mean, he's I th- I think he he's in line for a two step, isn't he? Though, do you think with them moving to a six man, he's not going to get a second start? I
1: don't think so. I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule, but if huh. he's if it's a six man on a Monday, uh, he would have to pick up the Sunday uh, if they don't have.
0: Uh, yeah, it lo- looks like uh, okay. So it looks like what I was seeing. It looks like he's uh, yeah, he's not going to have a two. Maybe that's why so, the Yankees.
1: Cause... Maybe that's why the Yankees have that weird thing in their schedule. That uh, I think about it because I feel the dreams thing is this week.
0: Yeah. Huh. All right. Interesting. All right, let's uh let's talk about Stephen Brault, another guy who uh people will be uh targeting this week in FAB. I believe he does have a two-step, but I'm going to double check that now. Uh yeah, so he's starting on Tuesday against uh, home versus St. Louis and then he's home versus Milwaukee on Sunday. Uh he's missed most of the season with uh with injury. Uh Tim, what are your thoughts on Stephen Brawlt?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, I, I got this thing about picking up pitchers on really bad teams. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and Pittsburgh is, is certainly a bad team. There's no question about it. Um, he's also, he's not a great strikeout guy. Um, yeah, you know, he's peaked at, at eight strikeouts per nine innings during his major league career. Um, so, uh, you know, I just—he's just not the kind of guy I would go after, uh, basically because he's pitching for Pittsburgh. Um, he might be worth a speculative pickup again—you know, a buck or two. Uh, see how he does. His first start wasn't great, um, but you know, the strikeouts really aren't there, so he's not gonna not, not gonna give you a a whole ton of value. I'm sure Pittsburgh is gonna let him pitch the rest of the season, um, you know, and stretch him out as much as they can. Uh, but again, you know, he may not work deep into games. Uh, He's certainly not going to get a ton of wins. Um, And the strikeouts really aren't there. So it's just not worth more than a buck or two.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Like like I said, he's on a bad team. He's not going to go deep into games right now. Um, I I think he is... uh, And so, like, the win potential is extremely low. So I'm... I'm probably, you know, I'll probably put some cursory bids on, on Brault, but he's not a guy that I'm necessarily putting at the top of my, my pickup list this week. What about you, Jason? What are you doing with Brault?
1: Uh cursory bids as well, but I do like him. Uh yeah, this was somebody that uh Ian Khan mentioned uh during the offseason, like, hey, go watch one of his outings. I did, uh, and I was like, okay, and then he I remember getting him in a league or two, and then he got hurt right at the end of spring training. That was the unfortunate part. Uh, and so that's where, you know, that's where things kicked in. But if you watch him pitch, he's got, you know, he's got his abilities to dance in and out of the strike zone, make guys chase around a little bit. Uh, and so uh, I, I would take a, a cursory bid. I have a cursory bid on him in a 15 team league, um, but I'm not going to be heartbroken if I don't get him.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, probably pretty fair. What about Tanner Hawk? Uh, He is uh, joining the rotation full-time now that they've moved Martin, uh, Martin Perez out of the rotation. Uh, So it seems like the the Red Sox have finally made the move to get Perez out of the rotation. Um, Yeah. I know as a Rays fan, you're bummed by that. I I, uh, mean, if the
1: Rays, if the Rays make the playoffs or, you know, go further than they did last year, Martin Perez deserves a playoff share. Just saying. (laughs) what are your thoughts on that this year
0: uh or for uh, the rest of the way there jason <laughs>
1: uh there was a good piece uh dave adler on mlb.com wrote a really nice piece the other day basically saying he he like hey he kind of looks like a right-handed chris sale and then you watch the video you're like you know what you're right <laughs> uh the way his delivery you kind of a little bit crossfire arm slot fastball slider like all that stuff comes into play and we saw what he was able to do uh when he, His one outing against Toronto uh, and then they sent him back down because it was, you know, he was just covering uh, for a little bit. So I expect people to be rather aggressive with him based on like, hey, wow, look at this stuff. But then again, and I know that here's the thing is like I know that Wooster is leans towards uh, leans quite a bit towards hitting. Uh, And so if you look at his minor league numbers, you're like, wow, he has a 557 ERA down there. But he also has an 11.1 K9. Uh, So, like, And we've seen what he can do at the major league level on a small sample size. Um, And he plays on a team that should get him wins, although they haven't been hitting of late, and so they're not getting wins. Oh, damn, that really sucks. Uh, So for me, I expect there's going to be a lot of action here. Uh, I just won't be there.
2: What about you, Tim? Are you going to be there for hawk? Uh, you know, as a, uh, as a, you know, a Boston Homer, um, I, I like how I like him a lot more for next year, the Red Sox, when they have used him this season, um, to start they've kind of babied him that, you know, his innings, he's never pitched more than four, uh, I'm sorry, more than five innings. And that was one start uh, against Baltimore, back in April, um, <laughs> Since then, you know, when they have brought him up, they've used him sort of like an opener. Um, Four innings, four and two thirds, four innings, three and two thirds. I mean, it's just not. I'm a little concerned about that uh, going forward, whether they're going to continue to kind of baby him or let him actually finally stretch out at the major league level. Uh, I'm going to go after him. I I think I'm going to grab him and stash him and see what happens um i might go as high as maybe 10 12 bucks for him um depending on you know what kind of fab i've got left in leagues uh i wouldn't go more than maybe 10% 15% from what i've got left um for Hulk, but i, I may go after him aggressively
0: yeah i i'd like to see them be uh allow him to go deeper in games or at least make him a follower with an opener or something uh, I I actually, uh, I think Paul and I were talking about this, but I may have been on a different podcast, where maybe with Chris Sale getting back next week, it looks like Sale's going to make uh, a start on uh, next Saturday. Uh, maybe they could work those two in tandem um, with each other. Uh, I think, I mean, he, I think Hook has a really nice future. Um, I don't know if we're going to get enough innings from him in starts for him to make a huge difference in terms of giving people win potential in, in fantasy for this season. But uh, I think he's a guy that I would target this week. Just, you know, there, there's, you know, they finally move Martin Perez out of the rotation. There's no reason Garrett Richards should still be in this rotation. Yes,
2: there is. <laughs> 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 Says the Rays fan. Yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> plenty of reasons. So...
0: Uh, I wonder if, uh, at some point, you know, he's, uh, Richards is going to get moved out, but he's going to need, Hawk's going to need to work in tandem with people, uh, in order for him to, uh, you know, get enough innings. So that, that's, that's kind of my only copy out, but he is one of my favorite kind of pickups yeah. of the week. Cause I do like the skills, uh, Brandon belt came off the IL and, uh, already hit two home runs. Um, you know, uh, actually I think he may have. Did, did he get a third uh, as well yeah, he, yeah that's right he had two home runs yesterday and one of them was late in the game uh, so three home runs since coming off the IL uh, this is a guy who's got a who's never had 20 home runs at the major league level um because uh because of injuries and just you know his approach at times uh, it seems like this could be the year that it happens so Tim any interest in picking up Brandon belt well now that I've got Anthony Russo, <laughs> Gone. Uh, yeah, uh, he's somebody
2: I'm gonna have to go after. I, I really don't have a choice at this point. Um, I like the fact that he's got a 917 OPS for the season, uh, and yeah, injuries have been a real problem. And and who knows whether he'll actually last uh, until October. Uh, maybe I just need him until Rizzo comes back. But I, I have to go after him. Uh, he was doing pretty well in the early part of the season. Um, you know, when he was playing um, over his first 55 games. Um, so, yeah, I'm going after him. I'll probably go after him quite aggressively in in every league where I have Rizzo. Um, and, and I think anybody else who's lost Rizzo is going to do the same. So it's going to be, it's probably going to be a bidding war. I can see people going after him aggressively just based on the fact that he has hit three home runs uh, in his first 12 at-bats since coming back.
0: Jason, are you going after Brandon Belt?
1: Uh, I have him. Uh, but we were ta- earlier talking earlier about uh, – I don't know if we were on air or not. Carlos Santana. Uh, Belt is the guy that I was uh, – as soon as he got off the IL, I'm like, you're in, Santana, you're out. Uh, and so I was able to uh, soak up those this week. I know we talked to Belt about, about a month ago, right before he we went on the injured list, um, that we liked him quite a bit, and I wanted just to stick him and ride with him the rest of the way. And so I'm not, I'm not wavering from that. It just is mind-blowing that he's never – 18 is his career high in home runs that's i mean and he's never had more he's never even hit the 80 rbi total unless he has some kind of sammy sosa-esque like tear the rest of the way that's not going to happen again this year either but as you said i mean he's six homers shy of 20 um and yeah maybe that happens but offensively i'm gonna i'm gonna ride him he's now in my lineup unless uh he gets hurt again
0: yeah i i think he's he's got to be picked up in pretty much every form especially with all the injuries that are out there and, and those of you who did lose Rizzo like Tim uh probably want to make him a, a priority the question becomes like what are the Giants going to do with this lineup rest of the way I mean they've been they've been running a lot of platoons even with all the injuries but now they're getting guys back left and right I mean Tommy is back he's another guy who'll be interesting uh uh, for, uh, in places where he was dropped in Fab. Um, you know, they still have Lamont Wade Jr. They still have uh, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, Austin Slater, Darren Ruff. I mean, there's going to be a lot of platoons kind of up and down this lineup, and Belt's going to be part of that. He'll be on the strong side, which is great, but uh, he's not going to be able to volume The way maybe other players might in less crowded situations. That being said, swinging a hot bat right now, um, and uh, I think uh, I think there's uh, a lot of reasons to pick him up and kind of ride the hot streak and see if he can get to 20 home runs for the first time in his career. Uh, Chaz McCormack, he's a guy that um, you know, unlike Brandon Belt, maybe not swinging the hottest of bats, but uh, he may be able to volume his way with Miles Straw gone. Uh, he's going to be playing quite a bit more than he was. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on Chaz McCormick, rest of the way?
1: Obligatory reference to his picture on NFBC. Yeah, it just has it, to it's happen. It's fantastic. It yeah. really is. I thought it, I was, really thought it was a hack uh, when it first happened. Um, volume's got to be the way to go uh, for him, and, and he's had that. But even then, he hasn't really volumed his way in because he did not. I mean, he started – he started the first two games after the after the straw trade. Then he did. Then he was just pinch hitter uh, for the next two, and then he started the next three, um, the last the last three. And he's got a stolen base, uh, and he had a home run in the game prior to that. So he hasn't. He started five of seven since the trade happened, and we're looking at volume two runs, one of which he drove in himself, and one stolen. Like he's not getting a lot for what he's doing. Uh, and when he starts, he's hitting seven. Uh, but he did hit second against the Twins uh, on April, on April August 5th. Uh, but for the most part, he's hitting in the bottom third of the lineup uh, there. So I'm not crazy about early returns here, but remains to be seen. I would like to I – mean, he's not really going to get higher in that lineup unless somebody's getting a day off, which is why I think he got that um, high spot the other day. I believe they sat Altuve that game, and that's why uh, he got a higher uh, spot in the lineup. But he's going to hit in the bottom three, and you want volume. But right now – uh against i mean they, man, a tough week he had the giants the dodgers and the twins and the twins line you know, twins pitching is where he picked up his damage he didn't do anything because the dodgers we talked about how great their pitching has been uh and he did he had two hits off the off the giants in the first
0: uh tim what are your thoughts on mccormick rest of the way uh
2: my big concern about mccormick is the splits you know, when you look at the splits, he's batting 200 against left-handed pitching with three home runs in 68 plate appearances. You know, he'll he, he's a, a good strong side platoon guy, and that's that's really the way he should be used, um, and I think maybe Houston is trying to do that, um, but, you know, I, I'm really concerned about the splits here, uh, the playing time, you know, five out of seven games now, but, you know. I don't know. I don't see it changing a lot going forward. Um, He's also a tough guy to roster in, in OBP leagues. I play in a lot of OBP leagues. His OBP is just three Oh eight this season uh, with a 7% walk rate. Strikes out almost 32% of the time. Uh, So it's kind of a tough guy to go after. I don't really have any needs in the outfield right now. So I'm not, I'm not inclined to go after him. Um, it's just not the kind of guy I'd go after at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, I mean, anybody who can get full-time plate appearances in this lineup though, is, uh, is someone I think worth taking a look at. Uh, I mean, McCormick, he can play center field, has been playing center field for, uh, for the Astros in, in Strauss absence. So I think that alone may be one of the reasons why he gets to stay in the lineup, even against lefties, uh, that being said, like I don't think he's a world beater. I think he's kind of an accumulator, and so he kind of needs those plate appearances in order to make a difference in fantasy. Uh, but I think for right now, at least, uh, they're going to give him a fair amount of run here uh, because uh, because he can play center and because he's uh, you know hit decently well enough, uh, especially against righties. So McCormick's a guy I think if you're if you're kind of desperate in deeper league. Is uh, uh, a guy who's going to play a fair amount. He's only 26 years old, so I think there is uh, maybe still a little bit more more to that bat. Uh, Cal Quantrill has been really, really good as of late. Actually, he was my uh, he was my streamer pick uh, earlier this week uh, for the for the Roto write up on uh, on the six, in which uh, he struck out 10 uh, 10 hitters, didn't walk anybody uh, against Detroit. Uh, in in seven scoreless, Uh, but he's now gone uh, four consecutive quality starts, uh, and he hasn't given up more than an earned run since July 10th. So are you uh, targeting Cal Quantrill this week, Tim?
2: Uh, Yeah, he's a guy I really like. Um, My only real concern about him um, is the strikeout rate, which is below, you know, it's just just under 79 I'm sorry, seven per nine. Um, and the swinging strike rate is also kind of low at eight point nine percent. so I'm a little concerned about the strikeouts here. Um, I do like him better as a starter here and and he and he has been good there. Um, but again, the strikeout rate is is not terrific. Um, so I'll go after him for for a couple of bucks uh and to see what happens but he's just not somebody i'm going to bid aggressively on
0: what about you jason you're going to get aggressive on kyle
1: quantrell actually i think you sold him a little bit short he's actually had six consecutive quality starts uh and and that's yeah he had see a six consecutive quality starts no
0: no uh the one on the 17th wasn't quality he didn't go he didn't go six innings. Oh, my
1: bad uh what am i looking at then wrong i see six Oh, it's a five. See, I got to clean my glasses. That's what I was doing as I was correcting you. Sorry, five quality starts. uh, And he's been three, uh, three and over his last six starts with a 150 ERA. Um, And so, like, for me, the concern, the concern is not the stuff. I mean, he's getting it done. And this has been against the Tigers, the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Rays, the A's and the and the Royals. So he's had a mixture. And we know uh, know, most of most of what's coming on their remaining schedule is going to be intra-division. Uh, the White Sox were always a touch and go matchup, but he handled them uh, rather well, pitched around a couple of guys because he had four walks. But to me, you know, we've, we've talked about this with a few guys. It's like workload concerns. He is his next outing will push him three times past his workload from last year. And he was at 32 and he's currently at 91, too, So his next outing is going to put him uh, assuming he does goes another six. That's three times over back to back years managerial tendencies have not been any different from Francona. He's letting guys pitch. Uh, but at some point I would assume the front office is going to step in and be like, all right, we got to, we're going to use, uh, we're going to call up extra pitchers in September. I think it's, they can call up two more pitchers and then we're going to let these guys go a little longer uh, because otherwise we're talking about pushing a guy into some area that he hasn't really done. I mean, even his career high uh, he went one thirty-five uh, between the majors and the minors in 2019 uh, and then he, you know, then he go one thirty five to thirty two to ninety one point two. So that's my concern here. But that's my concern about a lot of pitchers right now.
2: Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Well, I already gave my thoughts. Tim, what are but your I'll, thoughts? I'll go on one control. more time. <laughs> that's okay. No problem. I, I I agree wholeheartedly with Jason. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, his his high was twenty nineteen. He he pitched one hundred and thirty eight innings that season. So uh, maybe they let him go that far. That's a lot, though. I mean, that's that's a huge jump uh, from 2020. So uh, you know, he made uh, what? He's made 31 appearances this year. So I I think it's going to be I I think it's going to be very limiting over the rest of the season. They may limit limit how deep he goes into games uh, going forward if they're going to you know shut him down at some point. Um, so that's a concern too and that's another reason really why i'm not going to go after him aggressively
0: yeah i don't know that i'm going to be super aggressive but I, I definitely will go after him in leagues I, there is some innings concerns here and i mean they can bring up maybe a guy like alex young or, or logan i especially as they start to really fall out of this division they' they're 10 and a half. Uh, back, I mean, it, you know, at some point they're just going to throw in throw in the towel uh, if they haven't already technically done that uh, this season. So I, I w- would be surprised if they push him towards that kind of like 135, 140 mark. Um, but that being said, I mean, you've got to kind of ride it while it's hot, right? I mean, it's just he's been so good recently that uh, you kind of pick him up, use him for now and hope that uh, they let him go. Uh as long as possible, so that way we can benefit from it in fantasy. But obviously, our fantasy concerns are are not on their. Right hey, now. I had a great time. Thank uh, you. So that's going to wrap us me. up for this episode, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Okay, at Tim's. Tim's
0: remind everybody again: we're social media and the plug on work over at BP
2: and over at Baseball Prospectus. I'm the I'm the relief pitcher guy. My weekly column comes out every Friday, um and. um that's my niche over there and that's what I'm going to continue to do.
1: So you're wrapping up this show. Awesome, I get a man, watch alert. Uh, Jason what you Mullins hit a solo home run. So I just thought I'd let you know that. Um, he also, <laughs> he
0: yeah, also you know, made... that's, that's that why was I got distracted.
1: To whoa. heap praise on you for this, uh, for <laughs> telling everybody to draft Mullins. Um, and then, and then I probably should like take the foot out mm-hmm. of my mouth for uh, telling you you need to quit Carter Keyboom like a bad habit two weeks ago because he's been hitting well. So uh, the lesson here, everybody, is don't listen to anything mm-hmm. Jason has to say because he's just awful. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, that's you know that's awesome between Hernandez and Mullins. It's probably two like end game picks for a lot of people, and here they are providing 40 home runs. Uh, but no, I'm looking at the saves type of thing because we already have you know, looking at the numbers this year. There have been 150. Different players that have picked up a save already this year, which is which is a big number when you go when you look at it, because it is I think the fifth highest season in the wild card era. Uh, you know we had a, a trend going there before before the shortened season last year, one forty five, one forty eight, one sixty two, one sixty five, and then one ninety nine uh, in two thousand nineteen, far and away the big one. Uh, but this year is one fifty, and so one the only other seasons that have been above that number was 2019, uh, was back in 2003 when there was 153, um, and then you know, 17, 18. So the, we're already at the fifth highest season for pitchers that have at least one save. And I've been tweeting out some numbers this morning, looking into some things. Uh, and so I'm writing this up because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of data to digest here, such as the, the top 300 pitchers by ADP, and this is ADP by the end of March. Have accounted for half the saves in the league. So half the saves, half of 798, has come from pitchers taken after pick 300, which is huge when you consider a 12-team NFBC league only has 360 players taken. So there's been there were a lot of saves, and even the, the top 469%. So 31% of saves have been sitting out there uh, and that's where it gets crazy. So I've been taking a look at some of these saves numbers. Because it seems like every day it's like, Hey, there's a new guy that got a save. Hey, there's a new guy that got a save. And, you know, I think Todd Zola tweeted it out say, Hey, the new, the new closer strategy is wait until the trade deadline and pick up what's left. Uh, you know, and that's, that's happened. I mean, because there have been like Manny Rodriguez got his first save and Ryan Sheriff got a save this week. And so there's been uh, more and more guys getting saves Kind of out of nowhere, Dylan Floro's now got four. Uh, somebody that I took in the reserves in that in one of my other leagues and end up cutting him because he wasn't getting saves. Now he has him. Go figure. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, another guy that got a save this week. Uh, so I'm really taking a look at what may happen the rest of the uh, the rest of it because I think two weeks ago I wrote about how I think reliever wins are going to become fancy as we start seeing some of these pitchers get shut down and, and workloads uh, being pulled back. So I'm really trying to put a big focus on. The 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 relief pitching, uh, because I see it moving the needle in September in leagues as some of these guys start getting put uh, held back a little bit. Workloads not going as deep because let's be real. Some of these divisions are pretty much blowouts and there's no reason for these guys to keep pitching like they are. Um, and the postseason teams are pretty much decided and um, in, in some things. And by September, that should be even more so. And uh, start planning ahead. You can't react. It's too late to react, so start uh, be proactive and do what you can. Oh, yeah, that too. Forgot that.
0: Uh, you can reach uh, Jason on Twitter, at Jason Collette. He, he, he didn't mention that. You can reach me on Twitter. It's Mason FWFB, uh, you know, Friends Fantasy Benefits, uh, TGFBI Podcasts, and uh, obviously a writing over at Fangraphs uh, four to five times a week. So that is going to uh, wrap us up for this episode for Tim, Jason, myself. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season.